Hi folks, I'm just jumping in real quick. Um, you're about to hear me brag about how we have three new microphones and how we sound so great because we have three new microphones, um, except I kind of goofed it up and so we sound briefly very great and then Kayla sounds really great and Paul and I sound okay. Uh, so I guess, I'm sorry, the audio is a little weird on this one, um, but also it's still a really good episode and I don't know, uh, whatever man, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> if anybody wants to teach me how to be an audio engineer, like, please hit me up. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to Otaku the Town, a podcast about anime, I guess, or whatever. I'm Elliot. I'm Kayla. I'm Paul. And we're all in surround sound. That's right. We all have microphones now. It's crazy. We're all a bunch of pros here now. Indeed. This is now a fucking legit podcast. Blue Apron, get up in my inbox. Casper, I need a new bed. Audible.com. I like books. And others, other stuff. <laughs> there's a toothbrush one now, yeah. Yeah, I think there is. There's one for everything. There's one for hair dye. There's one for beauty products. There's one for Harry's razors. Ooh, zip recruiter. Zip recruiter. Underwear. I could run a business. I could run a business. Yeah. Squarespace. Mm-hmm. If you, hey, have you ever thought about setting up your own website, Elliot? Well, I sure have, Paul. Well, have you ever struggled because we boy do we have a product for you? Yeah. What What even is a computer? How do I internet? Is that, a, is that the same thing as a Palm Pilot? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Do you remember playing Palm Pilot games in middle school? I remember Rylan playing Palm Pilot games in middle school. Who like has a, a Palm Pilot in middle school? Uh, he would fucking write his papers on a Palm Pilot he had that, in middle school. He had that one game that he would play the demo of mm-hmm. for 40 hours a week, mm-hmm. which actually, come to think of it, really explains a lot of his Fire Emblem Heroes uh, it's true. Uh, habits. We went to a Montessori school, mm-hmm. so like the requirement to do work was a little different for us than I think for most human beings. I think in you this said country. in a previous episode that you didn't have homework until at least sixth grade. Yeah, and even then, it was like very optional. Mm. Like I pretty much did not do homework in the entirety of sixth grade. As long as you were honest of, about it on your self evaluation, totally. I wrote phenomenal self evaluations. So I was like, I really could improve my ability to do anything. I got in trouble for not going to the art studio enough. <laughs> There was a a voluntary art studio that I didn't want to go to, but it was voluntary, but you had to go to it. It was voluntary, but you were graded on your participation. Right, exactly. I got in trouble for checking out a book about cats and witches too often from our Catholic school library. Oh, my God. Uh, They removed the book and sat me down with the counselor. Oh, my God. I think I was in second grade. Oh, no. I like your heart is turning to sin. It's a very good book. It's called Cat Witch. Cat Witch. It's adorable. There's Cat this big... Witch. The illustrations are all like watercolor fantasy images from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So like the most ridiculous space unicorns you can imagine, essentially. Did they take it away because it's a book about you in the future? Yes. <laughs> Little did they know I was already a witch the whole time. Uh, speaking of witches, in this podcast, we're currently talking about Naruto. Uh, we normally start this podcast off with a question, but I couldn't think of one today, and I didn't care to continue thinking about it, so we're not going to. Yep. Sorry. That was a true story. Thank sorry, you. everyone. I'm actually not sorry at all. If you have questions for us, you can send them in, but mm-hmm. until then, I think we'll just uh, do what we may with this segment. We are in your ears right now for free, so I frankly think you mongrels will take what you get and like it. 
<laughs> Speaking of mongrels, uh, we're going to start this episode talking off about episode 19, The Demon in the Snow. Today we're going to talk about the Yuan Dynasty of China, which was, of course, the name for the Mongol Dynasty, that when Kublai Khan conquered the Song Dynasty. It lasted for about 75 years, and by the 13th century, no, 1300, 14th century. And then uh, I believe the, the Tang Dynasty, no, the Tang Dynasty was before. Who overthrew the Yuan? The Ming, yeah, it was the Ming Dynasty overthrew the Yuan Dynasty. Anyway, that was, that was Mongol talk. Did you see Kayla and I, like, pulling in our life preservers? Like, sorry, <laughs> we're not here for you on this one. you got to swim to shore. No, I was here for it. I was <laughs> delighted. I was ready to sit here in awe, not just because I'm just horrifically hungover, but because sure. I was appreciating that it was happening. Uh, yeah, I'm I actually deleting my notes right now. This is I... not Otaku the Dynasty. <laughs> okay. Paul, please continue. Otaku the Dynasty with Paul. Oh, I could, I could... I could do that show. We could do Dynasty Talk. Indeed. That'll be our first spin-off. We alternate having episodes about real-life dynasties and talking about uh, entries in the Dynasty Warrior series. Yeah, so. And absolutely. also discussing the show Dynasty. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Duck Dynasty. Of course. Dinosaurs? I'll have a spin-off about dinosaur royalty. I don't know. I just wanted to be involved. Um, what if we did a Dinotopia podcast? Did you guys read the I Dinotopia did. books? Oh, you, <laughs> I, as I looked at you, I was embarrassed to even be saying that. I think <laughs> I did. Yes. Wasn't, didn't they make a, a movie or a short show about it? Yeah, they made like a two-part TV movie, I think. That, like yeah. My cousin was really into it. I remember watching it at his house. Okay. Okay. Wait. Wait. I lied to you. I have a question this week. If you were a dinosaur, what kind of dinosaur would you be? Oh, that's difficult. Mm. That's difficult. Oh, man, I need to think about that one. Wait. Yes. You got it. Go for it. Spit it out. I would be the horrific hybrid that they made in Jurassic World. I'm going to forget the formal title of it. I would just be this monster of um, rage Mm -hmm. with claws and teeth that should never have been made and never have been bored. Basically, just a kaiju. But a kaiju. I would be a kaiju, and I would just like tear out of my enclosure because I was just way too fucking smart and I'd be there to punish the humans yeah. for making me in the first place. And it would be kind of sad, but mostly just pure unbridled rage. They built you to put you in a cage. And now they're going to pay. And I killed them all. Mm-hmm. Paul, what kind of dinosaur would you be? I'd be an iguanodon mm-hmm. because I think iguanas are really cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though those are not related to iguanodons. Yeah. They have, at least I have the name in their title. So. Totally. How about you, Elliot? I think I, I'm torn. A part of me is just like maybe like an Apatosaurus, just because like they're big and gentle. But like my neck is not that big; it's mm. more wide. I have, I have, you know, I've got like more of a chody neck than a long hanger. So maybe like a Triceratops. I could see, I could myself see you just as kind a Triceratops. Of around as a Triceratops, eating some leaves, but like ready to fuck somebody up with my head horns. Want to hear a, a cool time fact? Yes. There yes. Was, there was always. more time between Stegosaurus and Tyrannosaurus Rex than Tyrannosaurus Rex and now. Wow. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. wild. Yeah. That is wild. Dinosaurs were around for so long. Yeah, the Triassic oh, started, I think, about 232 million years ago mm. and went until, you know, the 65 million years ago is the end of the Cretaceous. So that, that's a long time. Do you think dinosaurs ever dug up really old dinosaur bones and they were just like, fuck, these are so old? Probably. Are you asking me if there are dinosaur archaeologists? Yes. Because we're usually asking, like, what kinds of ninja are there? And now we're just asking what kinds of dinosaurs. So this is now a Dinotopia podcast. This is now a Dinotopia podcast. There was an article in The Atlantic a couple of months ago about, it's kind of a a thought experiment about, are we sure that we were the first advanced civilization on Earth? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, all the, basically all the things that we've done to the Earth, you know, as, as much as they 
are terrible and will last a long time, they won't last that long. Like mm. you, you can even plastic degrades after like a few million years. So mm-hmm. if there was an advanced civilization on Earth like a hundred million years ago, like we might not necessarily hundred percent know about it. I mean, there's obviously no evidence there was, but it was kind of like a you know we we would we don't know for sure that we were the first ones here. That's really hmm. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Dinotopia. 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 Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Episode 19, The Demon in the Snow. Um, so we're right where we actually left off in the last episode. Uh, I don't believe there was any recap here. Um, we've got Haku and Sasuke dead on the ground. And um, the terrible gangster Gato has just shown up with a small army of goons just in time to kind of uh, thwart Kakashi's fantastic uh, beating of Zabuza. I think we emphasized in the last episode, but just to emphasize it again. There's a lot of goons. There are so many goons At here. At least 50 goons. It's like a, a little sea of goons. It is, yeah. It's like the Goonies, except for more goons. Indeed. It's like the Goonies if you cloned Sean Astin uh, 40, 50 times and... Gave him some swords. Yeah. And made him deeply unattractive. Mm-hmm. Which is almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen season two of Stranger Things. Oh my god, he's the hottest dad. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say he's the best dad ever, but... The best dad ever t-shirt is now the official garb of Otaku the Town. So we collectively are the best dad ever. But we are. A close second. Hello, this is Otaku the Town, and we are your best dad. Indeed. Indeed. Welcome home, Welcome son and home. daughter. How was soccer practice? Did, did, you, get, <laughs> good, did you get good grades? Because I, I love you anyway. That's right. I'm going to be a cool dad. You're like the mom in Mean Girls. <laughs> you can't just waiting drink, for those implants in that tiny dog. Oh my god. Okay, we can't talk about Mean Girls every week. Actually, we can't talk about Mean Girls every week. This is... Yes, we can. This is, this is an anime slash Naruto slash Mean Girls podcast. Okay, if each of the Mean Girls was a dinosaur, what yeah. kind of dinosaur would they be? I'm here for it. Uh, I think Regina George would be a Velocal Raptor mm-hmm. because she's very athletic. She has a lot of rage and she does well in a pack. Yeah. I, I honestly... I don't think the dinosaurs we came up with for ourselves actually track pretty well. For the <laughs> I felt a little bit yeah. like sad about going with like the rage dinosaur, mm-hmm. but it just feels very, very true to me. No, I, I, so I was on board the entire time. Yeah. 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 You've doffed your feathers. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it turns out that Gato um, had actually just planned to kill Aku and Zabuza all along. Um, he had just sort of set Haku and Zabuza against these other ninja and he was like, cool, hopefully all the ninjas will kill each other and then me and my, then I won't have my to pay throng them. of goons my horde of goons which is a terrible plan my the, way, the way that the ninja world works is the most powerful ninjas are just logarithmically logarithmically, excuse me, that was a hard word to say mm-hmm. more powerful than the weak ones and these goons aren't even ninjas mm-hmm. I mean, a healthy Zabuza could kill all of the goons in one to two seconds this is a, just a terrible plan that mm-hmm. Gato has who's the worst cat? Lily is the best cat absolutely yes. Gato is the worst cat yeah. oh, oh, Gato really? is not even a cat we cannot consider him to be a cat because he makes cats look bad it's true yeah, he's been cast out. He's mm-hmm. been cast out. That's why he's he renamed himself Gato. He just wants to hold on to it so, Elliot, so tight. Elliot, he's been cat out. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. Um, the cat's out of the bag. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. Out of the bag. If, Kayla, um, if looks could kill, I don't think Kayla's look just killed me, but it did imprison me. Yeah. I um, want an award for this look once. Yeah. <laughs> If, if looks could wound, it would because it did. Because Kayla can wound with a glance. Mm-hmm. We all bear the scars. 
Um, Kagashi and Zabuza just kind of quietly agree to stop fighting, which is really funny because Zabuza, like, it has, like, knives in him and can no longer move his arms and is, like, thoroughly defeated, but they're just like, yeah, like, no, we're, we're done. Like, this asshole is the priority right yeah, now. Well, Zabuza's like, well, okay, so I've been betrayed by my employer, so mm-hmm. I have no reason to, to kill this bridge builder anymore. And yep. Kagashi's like, well, okay, well, if you're not trying to kill the bridge builder, then I have no reason to kill you, so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Best friends. Totally. And uh, Gato just kind of starts horrifically assaulting Haku's corpse. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I wrote that Gato kicks Haku's body, and we all mentally kick Gato's teeth in. Oh, I, I have I don't remember being so incandescent with rage at a at a cartoon character in in, in maybe ever. Um, it's it's really horrific to watch. Um, he's like it's it's hard to describe how bad of a character he is. Like not only is he like a bad guy, but he's like just a, a terrible character on top of that. It's just every scene that he is in is deeply unpleasant. It's mm-hmm. like they took the idea of someone who has no respect for anyone and then just did the utmost with it. Totally. Because he just desecrates corpses mm-hmm. and like hopes that the people he hires kill each other so he doesn't have to pay them. Like yeah. all sorts of just horrible horrible stuff. And on a show that normally has like cool interesting villains mm-hmm. that's are like, you know what? But what if he had a not cool, non interesting, terrible villain? Because totally. at the very beginning of the show, that way the viewers will appreciate the effort that we put in later. <laughs> oh and I mean, by comparison, Haku and Zabuza are incredible. But I mean, they're also very good characters in their own right. Yes. But there's a weird compounding effect on how bad Gato is. Because he's like a very, very, very bad dude who's also badly drawn and badly voiced and badly written. And his motivations are bad and dumb. And just like everything about him is, is repugnant. It's mm-hmm. almost like there are different kinds of bad. And, yeah. like, the world exists in shades of gray. Mm-hmm. 50 of them. At yeah. least 50 shades mm-hmm. of gray. I'm very sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I heard they that discovered the first 50 shades, and then they discovered 50 shades darker than that. And then they well, found 50, shades, more 50 <laughs> shades beyond that that they were just so wonderful they had to release them into mm-hmm. the world. Yeah, and those were the 50 shades You could shades say that freed. they were freed, yeah. <laughs> I hate everything. Okay. I'm just so mad right now. Uh, uh, I mean, bondage is not a terrible segue at any point in Naruto. Um, no, it's not. So, uh, Naruto, uh, seeing Kagashi and Zabuza agree to stop fighting, is like, no, actually, I'm still fighting you, Zabuza, because what you just said is incredibly fucked up. Um, if you recall from the last episode, um, Haku died to save Zabuza, and Zabuza was like, yes, you are a good, adequate tool. Uh, I'm, you, you know. You have served your purpose. You have served your purpose. Um, and then, like, almost mutilates Haku's corpse, trying to kill Kakashi. Um, and, and Zabuza is just going off about, like, how, you know, uh, ninjas are tools and he never saw any value in Haku. Haku's only use was in, you know, the, the utility that he provided to Zabuza. Um, and uh, th- I took a note here that I really liked. Uh, Naruto is the fuck it ninja. Naruto's <laughs> the ninja who says, like, nah. Nope. Like, actually, no, I'm not about whatever just happened. Yeah, he's not having it. Uh, Because Zabuza is talking about, uh, you know, Haku was just a tool to me, and Naruto was like, no, fuck that. That is super fucked up. Everything about what you're saying is fucked up. That's a great point. That is very true. Naruto does not, he does not, like, he doesn't take shit from people. We've already kind of established that. Mm -hmm. He also just, like, doesn't buy into bullshit. Like, he's just like, you know what? No, fuck it. Yeah. You're being, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. Totally. There is no, there's no convention that Naruto will not loudly doff. Like, or spray paint. Yeah, oh, or spray paint. <laughs> or throw kunai's at. Mm-hmm. Um, or befriend and become a weird father figure for. I really love that one of the things he says to Zabuza, um, it's a question. He says, when a person becomes as strong as you, is that really how they behave? And I love it because he's sort of indirectly challenging what it means to be strong. That was literally my next note. Like, that exact line. Yes. Holy shit. That was like... like 
what a fucking great like backhanded burn strong in the real way from mm-hmm. steven universe just mm-hmm. like cascaded into my brain as i was watching that scene because he's legitimately asking it as a question but he's also like wow like so if somebody really becomes strong you're what they end up you're as. the result he's like this is terrible i i if this is what strong is i'm not even sure i want it totally the, the rarely seen sincere question burn indeed indeed <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a backhanded compliment, but it's like a, a, a front-handed burn. Yep. <laughs> so Naruto is just telling Zabuza how much Haku really, really loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zabuza is sort of doing his best to just like, you can't see him. The camera angle mm-hmm. is such that we're looking at Naruto and Zabuza is turned away from him. Yeah. And then the camera just swings around. <sighs> to Zabuza's face and he's looking up at the sky in agony and just weeping he's abjectly. Weeping, and Naruto's weeping and I'm weeping. And he begs Naruto to stop because he's so so emotional and in so much pain over Haku's death. I mean Zabuza is a dude like think of all the fucked up shit Zabuza has done. Like think of all of the layers and layers of repression this dude has going on. Like of course he needs to think of Haku as a tool because like this person, the only person he's probably ever really like loved, loved for sure. Um has just died to save him. And like, you know, he can utterly fall apart and you know all of the layers of his existence can peel away leaving his soul bare or he can just push it down and pack it away under another layer of like, oh, I'm a, I'm a heartless monster. This doesn't affect me. Nothing affects me. Another layer of cow print pants. Indeed. <laughs> Listener, if you do that too, it's okay. We're here for you. I can recommend a really good therapist. Come home to your dad's. Yeah. Remember, you're welcome here anytime. I invited you over last episode. <laughs> That's true, you did. Um, and we're actually at a different place physically, so I guess you're now invited to both I feel like if you, and Elliot's apartments. If you find us at a recording time, like, just... Just come knock on the door. Come watch with us. Come talk with us. Yeah, you can you can take my spot at least for like five ten minutes. I always have like work I could do for yeah. like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. Um, we Zabuza is like weeping, and uh, he points out like you know Haku wasn't just thinking of me. He was feeling pain as he fought you. Like Zabuza, you know who who's who is so who appears to have forcefully blinded himself to all of this like clearly sees pretty fucking keenly what's going on that haku is this like legitimately like wonderful person who like was so hurt at having to fight his own enemy because he saw the good in them and cared for them he was an empath Mm mm-hmm it's interesting about how we talked a lot in the last episode about like like mantis the, from marvel movies yes <laughs> he touches people on the shoulder and laughs hysterically or weeps mm-hmm. or apparently gets aroused so well, there you are like mantis with the willingness to kill like there's such a dichotomy with haku Where like haku is prepared to murder but also prepared to experience the full like gamut of emotions that like taking a human life would bring up um it sort of refutes the idea that Serial killers and murderers are just monsters and nothing mm. more. Haku is both Snow White and the Evil Queen. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Haku is both Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, yeah, a couple of them. At least, <laughs> at least a couple dwarves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc. Doc. Doc, for sure. Doc, yeah. Absolutely. Flowery. Yukatash. Mirror. I see. Icy hot. Excuse me. Excuse me. Frosty. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> big bushy white beard. A great big bushy beard. 
<laughs> and a chill wind emanating from his every pore. Wait, where did that come from? I don't know. This is my story. I was quoting Hot words. Fuzz, but what was that? I just, you what know. What was that? I'm just saying yes. Oh, man. Yes, and. No but. <laughs> no but. No but. <laughs> no but. Um, that's not going to make sense to the listeners. Please that was stop. We recording. Um, I, listeners, am sometimes. Um, I, uh, sometimes I take my improv- uh, improvisation to levels where no other human wants to yes-and me. And so... Um, where it becomes genuinely dangerous to yes-and you. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It, so that's yes. where the no but comes in. It's just like... Yes-anding Elliot is sort of an endless game of chicken, and you are always going to lose. I have... Where's the lie? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to come for you like that. No, no. I mean, like this, this, this podcast should all should just be about you guys coming for me. I deserve <laughs> it. I need it. Um, Good friendship. Uh, Honesty. One of Sabas's thoughts here is maybe it's impossible to become an emotionless tool, which I thought was really sweet. But then I was like, "There's a lot of emotionless tools I know." <laughs> He's never been wow. to Abercrombie and Fitch, am I right, guys? <laughs> Spent ten minutes on Twitter. Kelly. <laughs> something something on? online dating is the woman <laughs> something something. Oh my god. <laughs> just just feed me my cues, please. Yeah. <laughs> we we normally have a guy in the corner with cue cards, but it's he, true. He hasn't it's shown true. Up I'm today. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm a little out of it today. Let's see. Um currently snarling with my sweet kitty. I don't know. If I see if I go to another profile and see someone mention hiking or adventure or hashtag wanderlust one more time, every time I see a part of my soul dies, mm-hmm. I really only have just like a shred of soul left at this point. So I can't online date anymore. What the fuck is with like hiking or like my favorite is like, I love to go out with my friends, but I also like to stay in and watch a movie. Like, yeah, you're a fucking human being. Yes. You enjoy spending time with other humans doing things you like to do. And you also like to be in your own home comfortable. Wow. Like what a, what a wacky character you are. Traveling mm-hmm. is not a personality trait. I love food and music. I hate everything. <laughs> Jumping back into the episode. Um, so after this really sweet, kind of incredible bonding moment between Zabuza and Naruto, where uh, Naruto does a little, like, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy on like him. That. Thank you. Um, Zabuza asks Naruto for a kunai. Um, Naruto tosses one to him and he catches it in his fucking mouth. Yeah, sure the does. enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm-hmm. I really liked the animation on just like that little interaction where Naruto just throws this kunai and Zabuza just like jumps up like like a dolphin and catches this kunai. Like He's a great white breaching out of the mm-hmm. sea to devour a seagull. Mm-hmm. We we complained earlier uh, in this arc about like where the like the budget and you know all the recap and like oh this is where the animation budget went was yeah. in these final episodes. Um, yeah, there's some good animation in this episode. Yeah, yeah, and in the last mm-hmm. episode too. Like they they really finish uh, finish strong here. Um, this is maybe the fastest emotional turnaround I've ever seen for a character is Zabuza weeping, grabbing the kunai in his mouth, and then just turning because, I mean, he has to catch it in his mouth. Obviously. If we recall from the previous episode, both of his arms have been disabled. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kakashi takes out both of his arms. I mean, they're, they're still there, but they're just kind of hanging, hanging loose. <laughs> yeah. Turns out Zabuza is cool without his arms. Yeah, he's good. He is fine. a master killer ninja. Um, he's kind of a land shark, which I really he, like. Yes. Uh, he even kind of has weird shark teeth. Although there is a, a land one. shark ninja that oh, yeah, one later. Even I know that one. Mm. Uh, that one. That one appears not that late in the series run. Is Zabuza like his cousin? Are they are they from the same village? They might be. I think they're from the same village. I think they are. <laughs> they probably actually are but they cousins. probably never met. 
interesting. Uh, because of their different backgrounds. Well, we'll get there we'll in get there. like 10 years or so when we get to those episodes. Yeah. Um, Jump ahead right now to episode 183. Yeah, great. <laughs> don't, don't do that. What do you guys think Stay of President us. Jared Kushner's actions in the Middle East today? Oh my god. Okay. Um, I, Sometimes I, Paul is no more but, real no than but, I can no feel. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Zabuza just cuts his way through the goons. He has no arms. Um, he's using he his fucking slaughters mouth. the goons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, highlighting that this was a pretty bad plan. Yep. Um, and, the demon uh, in the snow, remember? <laughs> again, he has no arms and can do none of his normal ninja magic and still just absolutely cuts his way through these goons. Yep, yep. Um, he fights his way to Gato, uh, and we see this kind of absurd, kind of awesome silhouette of a demon, like, superimposed. Like, oh, yeah, you you are the demon in the snow, yeah. It's you. It's it was you the whole time. Great. Yep, yep. Um, it's, it's very, like... The show's like, remember. Yes, the show's just like, remember. Mm -hmm. Remember who this is. (laughs) Here's all this emotional vulnerability, but Mm -hmm. he is still a demon. He's got a lot going on. He's got a lot going Um, on. People are complicated. Indeed. Um, uh, So he reaches Gato, and he just starts fucking him up with his knife mouth. And it flashes over to Naruto's face. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite part of the whole episode. (laughs) And my note was just Naruto's face is my face. Wow, cool. Okay, lots of murder. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine, like, again, Naruto and and Sakura and Sasuke, you know, they're like 11. Mm -hmm. They're barely ninjas. They're watching this, like, experienced adult ninja slaughter people with only using a knife in his mouth. Yep. Like that, that'll fuck you up right it's there. It's like if someone were to say, oh, you want to get into horror films? Great. I am going to lock you in a room that is just made out of television screens displaying tons and tons and tons of horror films, mm-hmm. and that's going to initiate you. Boom, or, you're ready. Do you want to get into horror films? I'm going to lock you in a room with an actual killer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Exposure. Indeed, it's good. <laughs> it's not. Uh, it's like an escape room, but it's saw, and you can't get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which saw. I guess is just saw the original escape room. I kind of want to watch those movies again. You. It's gonna this be has come up before. It's gonna be a true. Yeah. Uh, you know what we should do is we should put two TVs back to back, and you'll be on this side watching the saw movie, and Paul and I will be on this side watching the Bratz movie. And <laughs> oh, just my that that oh my god! Oh my god! Pollinate. Ooh. Do you... Oh, <laughs> no, but, no, but, no, but. That's, a, that's not a fruitful avenue to go down, pun intended. <laughs> something, um, something B, so something, Zabuza something. is tearing Gato up, and then, uh, like, eight toughs just jam their swords and spears into his back, um, which doesn't Elliot, really stop him. By toughs, do you mean goons? I do. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean goons. Eight goons. He's filled with goon spears. Mm-hmm. He is he is impregnated with goon paraphernalia. Um, he has been goonified. Indeed. <laughs> now he is a goonie. <laughs> That's the initiation. Yep. Do you know how many times they had to stab Sean Astin before you could join that club? That's how goons breed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they reproduce via budding. But <laughs> stick with the buds are swords yeah. that they stick into people. Help me, uh, budding. <laughs> budding. Help me. Uh, okay, two we're, reproductive methods, budding me, and pollinate. We're starting a GoFundMe to rescue Kayla from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted saw, you got saw. Eat your own arm, and you can leave. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. That was fucked up. <laughs> sort of like this show. Yeah. Um, Gato says to Zabuza something like, uh, like, like he's, Gato's like bleeding because he's like all, all cut up and he's like, why are you like, 
why are you so intent to join him? And he's like spitting out blood mm-hmm. from his mouth. It's real gross. Um, and Zabuza says, unfortunately, I don't intend to go to the same place as Haku. You're going to hell with me. Um, I love that because and again, it's like a lame line, but it's great. His it's con- just a great line. Yeah, I mean, it's what he doesn't say, mm-hmm. and that's his conviction that Haku is wonderful and pure mm-hmm. and is going to heaven. Obviously, well, and they, here is a person who like literally believes that he is a demon. Like, I don't think you know. I mean, like, you, like I don't think he literally believes he's like a biblical demon, you know, who like fell a fallen angel. But like, he this is a person who believes with absolute conviction that he is a monster. What do you think Zabuza's morning affirmations are like? <laughs> <laughs> They're morning defamations. <laughs> uh, if there's I am a dark, really good, I am horrid. I am wretched. Like, there's a really good Zabuza cosplayer listening to this. If you could just make a quick video of your morning affirmations in cosplay, that would be great. Indeed. Please send it. Please send. Thank you. Uh, he does. He goes for a morning jog and then has his morning kill. Uh, and as the blood runs down to his arms, he's like, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I deserve. This started funny and then kind of made me sad halfway through. He is a very good demon. He is a very good demon. Um, and I think it's really interesting because he he doesn't read like, oh, I'm actually a cheesy demon. And just like, like it, it doesn't feel like weird pseudo magic here. No. It feels to me like... Oh fuck! Like this is a person who's been so thoroughly traumatized by his life that he like literally believes all he can do is evil. Mm-hmm. It's metaphorical in a show that doesn't do a whole lot of metaphor, mm-hmm. but it's pretty good. Totally. So full of swords, uh, he continues to just slash Gato apart. Um, he cuts him up and then like tosses. He like headbutts. Uh, Gato's he spends, like, corpse he spends, into like, the water. Twenty seconds of screen time just like murdering Gato, mm-hmm. uh, which is really great. It's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, my next note is Naruto is just like, what the fuck? It's great. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Sometimes Naruto is a mirror. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so stunned that like the goons cannot fight him anymore they're just like backing away from this you know this sword beast um and uh zabuza stumbles through all the goons back to haku he falls Um, he falls we see this final image of in his mind of haku happy in his beautiful yukata portrayed the way that he looks outside of battle Mm -hmm. which i thought was really wonderful like it's like no like haku was never just a tool to use zabuza uh and then he says i'm sorry and he dies Sort of. We'll get back to that. Um, And Kakashi has a really nice moment where he says, don't look away. It's the end for a man who lived fiercely. Mm -hmm. Yes, Sensei. I (laughs) thought that was really powerful. It's like Kakashi has truly committed to, you know, not just like training these kids, but like helping these kids grow up. Um, and, and I mean, it, there's, it's pretty fucked up if you're, you know, as a parental figure to be like, no, watch the man die. You need it. But it's also, it's very, like, don't turn away from life's horrors. You know, it's like, we live in a world where this happens and you, you, you know, you need to learn someday. Winter is coming. You live in in an anime world where there's a lot of people who get killed all the time. So totally. I feel like there is a a Barbie by Aqua reference in there somewhere, but I'm just going to leave it. Please explain. (laughs) No. I'm a blonde single girl in an anime world. Kiss me up, stab my foes. <laughs> I'm your darling. 
You're my doll, rock and roll. Um, anyway, I know that song a little too well. Um, but no, I think that's really interesting because this is like, it's it's fun to pick apart this world for being stupid because this is a show for children. And one of the really easy avenues to harp on is like, which obviously we do, is like, oh, this is so fucked up. These kids are being trained to kill. And like, yes, they are. And that, you know, it is, it is fucked up and that's worth commenting on. But this is also a world where that's what you kind of have to do, you know? Yeah. Like... This, this is, is a, reality. This mm-hmm. is not our world with a bad thing happening in it. This is just what that world is. Totally. It's like we were talking about, you know, like like Zabuza or, you know, Haku as like as like killers and like versus, you know, serial killers in our society are like, you know, there there's no there's no function for or you know, there's very limited function and and it's very questionable for what there is for the ability to kill other people. You know, like yes. it's pretty much universally accepted to be a very bad thing, except in certain specific avenues which are contested but I definitely on the side of still probably bad you know yeah don't murder yeah we don't have a world where there's a lot of utility for killing folks but like Mm -hmm. that's not the case in this fictional setting and ultimately there's a point of criticizing that where it just gets a little masturbatory um, not in a good way. No, in not a bad way. In a way that's it's fun like, for like a anyone. rough hand. It's like a, the point in the hand oh, job where you're like, just I'm stop. so sorry. I'm like, so I'll sorry. Just you, can just, you don't have to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You can just yeah. go. You can click Do you over. Have any loop, I have like a like, lot of really good podcasts you know, I can recommend yeah, to you. Like, I'm, like, I'm not like 80. Anime is like a really good podcast. I recommend their Devil Man 5 Radio episode. Not everyone at all. Totally. Maybe you already jerked off that. The point is, you don't have to listen. Yeah, that's a good point. Totally. Yeah. Like, you're not getting the blood job out of this, which is like, which is fine. You know, you like nobody's ever obligated to give you a blowjob of course but like there's like so many good movies you could be watching right. you know like yeah know your limits sorry I left the room for a minute <laughs> I was somewhere else I was dreaming that I was next to Lily Sasuke is alive surprise um, he wakes up as Zabuza dies because this show really likes contrast uh, and it really likes to exaggerate contrast his absurdly. blink is adorable um, his blank. Mm-hmm. Ah. Uh, he wakes up and Sakura's sobbing on him and he's like, please don't crush me. I'm full of needles. This hurts <laughs> a lot. Um, and his... <clears throat> excuse me. Hello and welcome to the Gay of the Ninja. Um, Sasuke's first question is about Naruto. He's like, where is Naruto? What happened to Naruto? Get, uh, p- Sakura, please get off me. I need to know what happened to Naruto. Um, and <laughs> Sakura doesn't even really know. She no. like she doesn't know what's happened with Zabuza and Haku. She doesn't really know what's going on. Well, and it's funny and a little bit sad, but mostly funny that one of the first things she says is Sasuke, save me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like she immediately like she was being so strong yep. this whole time, and then she's immediately just like, mm-hmm. "Dead boy, save me! Yeah. <laughs> save me from this situation!" Totally. Sakura has a lot of like one step forward, two steps back. Yes. Um. Yeah. I love that Sasuke can't even look Naruto in the eye when he raises an arm to show that he's okay. Yeah. He's He's just so upset about the situation. He's just, he can't even look at him. He's so hurt. He's embarrassed. He's scared. He's ashamed. It's so good. Um, He's a hedgehog. (laughs) A bit. Yeah. Well, still a lot of needles in there. Sasukunik? Sasukunik the hedgehog? Anyway, I'm sorry. Mm. Sasuke and Naruto are in love. Um. (laughs) Haku spared Sasuke, we realize that Haku, you know, Haku has the ability to put people into a little coma with needles. We saw this earlier in the show, and that's what he did to Sasuke, uh, because he couldn't, he couldn't do it. He couldn't bring himself to kill these other boys, because Haku was too good for this dumb show. 
It's also possible that, he, I mean, he knew how much Naruto cared about Sasuke, and he's like, I won't actually take this person from you. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do that, because I would never survive someone taking Sabuza from me. Yeah. I'm crying. Oh. Oh. Uh, but then it turns out there are still a lot of goons left. Goobery goons. Bad goons. Mm-hmm. Poorly animated goons. A lot of, a lot of goonish miscellany. Um, but it's and, all okay because yeah. So they're like, ah, we're gonna pillage the town anyway. Um, and then this crossbow bolt fires out of nowhere. That's right. It was Chekhov's crossbow earlier in the show, uh, in the hands of uh, Dark Boy. Um, the whole town has formed this wonderful, horrible lynch mob. Um, and then Naruto makes a lot of shadow clones. Um, and then fucking... they're, they're gonna sing a song and go to storm the castle and kill the beast, right? Yes. Um, and then Kakashi makes a bunch of shadow clones? Yes, Naruto still has chakra for about, like, four clones, which is a pleasant surprise. Kakashi's like, yeah, I guess I have enough left for that, and then makes, like, 40. Kakashi's like, I have no no chakra left, but this is a stupid, dumb baby technique, so I can still do it. A stupid, dumb baby forbidden technique on a secret hidden scroll that no one can know that Kakashi is just like, oh yeah, I can throw out some shadow clones. No are problem. they shadow clones, or are they other clones? He specifically says, says kagebunshin no jutsu. Oh, you're right. He just <gasps> does it. Kakashi. And, I mean, you can't keep a technique from Kakashi, the copy ninja, but naughty boy. Still, still, I know. I'm here for I it. Know. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Do you think Kakashi, the copy ninja, also just like does all the photocopies around the ninja? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He's, he's yes. the only one that can figure out when there's a paper jam. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He he can't be fired because totally. the whole office would just stop working without him. His right. family Later, business another is Jonin, a Another Jonin like walks up to the Xerox machine and then just like a kunai flies out of nowhere and Kagashi is like, "No, that's my job." Yeah, yeah. no, guy sensei, <laughs> you will jam this again. Um, Guy would jam it. Someone would doesn't jam. replace the toner and he appears at their house late at night and executes them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those, are, those are most of his missions. Sorry. <laughs> He's like a subset of... You have to go to the village of the sand to retrieve the forbidden toner. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, um, I think in a much earlier episode, we talked about if if Pam were a ninja, what she would do, and I think we've just found it. Oh my goodness, we're going to just slowly fill the office with Mm -hmm. ninja. Mm -hmm. So all the the goons run away. Kelly Um, Kelly would be a sound ninja. Uh, everybody's happy. They're all they're they're gone. They like are all piling into this boat like like clowns trying to get into a clown. Car. A, a few of them miss. And just it's sort a of, great like, scene. In the water, it's, it's Indeed, in, yeah, or just like picked off by. And this if they do, we don't mind. Crossbow. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're goons. Who cares? Yeah, they're goons. I'm over them. Also, goonish miscellany is a good episode title. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Noted. I like it. Um, Zabuza is actually still alive somehow. Um, and he asks Kakashi for a favor. He wants to see Haku's face one more time yes. before he dies. Kakashi picks him up and carries him over. And that's how you can be a good friend, guys. Mm-hmm. If your friend is dying and just wants to look at their lover, you should pick them up and carry them over to their dead lover so that they can die staring staring at their lover. If you're not working on your fireman's carry right now, you're probably not a very good friend. It's true. Yeah. I would say definitely not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do the Paul. utmost for your friends. Um, Paul. <laughs> and then it starts snowing, and Zabuza asks, Haku, are you crying? Um, and then I have a note in the middle of this, because I, I definitely remember watching this episode and crying, and then we see Kakashi carrying Zabuza, and I was like, oh, Kakashi has kind of a juicy butt. <laughs> like, 
Got Girl, you. there's room for everyone in this ship. Mm-hmm. So just, mm-hmm. just so you know. Like, I mean, I guess he's a ninja, but I was like, ooh, Kakashi, like you've been working out. This bandwagon is always recruiting. Doing yeah. some squats. Totally. Yeah, that's, it is a fine ass bandwagon. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, Zabuza gets laid down next to Haku, and he says, "You were always by my side. At the very least, I can be at yours in the end." And then he reaches out and he touches Haku's face, and oh God, it's so sweet. Uh, his uh, his final words are, "If it's possible, I'd like to go to the same place as you." Because love redeems us. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati finds redemption. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh no! Do you know that Gary Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati for a while? (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Oh, this is very good. That was very good. So they bury Haku and Zabuza, uh, and it's fucking beautiful. Like, they're up on this gorgeous hillside, and they have a, a beautiful little grave for Haku, and Zabuza's buried under Cloudstrife's sword. Um, <laughs> yeah, he really is. is. He actually is. Looks fucking awesome. Yeah, there's this great shot where the sun is just sort of shining across the, the buster sword. It's very nice. It's really beautiful. Um, and they the team is talking. They're having a conversation about, like the truth of kind of what Haku and Zabuza were saying, um, which is interesting because they're like having a discussion and kind of unpacking the things that happened. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. Like, look at you instructing Kakashi. Look at them actually, yeah. Um, yeah he's unpacking things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so they're talking about like, you know, uh, something that came up a lot is um, uh, Zabuza and Haku saying, you know, that that's what being a ninja is. You know, that's the way of the ninja is to, you know, be a tool for someone's else's someone else's use. Um, and Kagashi is like, yeah, you know, that, mm-hmm. that is what being a ninja is about. You know, this is our job is, you know, we are the tools of a greater organization. They use, like, we are human weapons. Um, he and- says, uh, Shinobi should not seek reason for their own existence. Mm-hmm. That is so fucking bleak. Right? That's just horrific. Um, and then Naruto, the fuck that ninja, yes. is like, oh, that's cool. Well, I'm going to make my own way of the ninja then, because that's pretty fucked yeah. up. And Naruto this is how the... ninja's like, eh, nah, fuck that. Yeah. This is how, I think this is when the way of the ninja concept is finally introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts to really say, my way of the ninja. Yeah, it gets old. There, like, quite a bit from here on out. But it's yeah. great to see it, uh sort of come into form at mm-hmm. the end of this episode. He's so, like, he's so wonderfully precocious. He's just like, no, I'm going to invent my own way of doing this. And, like, he spends the whole rest of the series, like, pursuing that, you know? Yeah. It's kind of awesome to see a young person, like, actively working towards this, like, very specific, like, dream. Yeah. And he's like, nah, the system is stupid, so yeah. I'm not going to Exactly. Follow. Naruto, who wants to become Hokage, essentially the best village in the ninja is also a ninja who looks at the existing system and is like, this is absolutely fucking terrible. I'm going to change it, and I'm also going to become the best. And it's like, yes, son, go forth. Go forth, my son. I just need to point out that you did say the best village in the ninja, and I really like it. God damn it. God damn it. It's good. good. It's good. good. I was like, like, every ninja is full of little ninja villages. That's what chakra is. It's like teeny ninjas inside your body. Oh, man. They're all at war with each other. Little bugs inside your body. I do that a lot. Oh, God. I switch my words a lot. No, no, you're you're totally I still catch it in the old episodes every (laughs) once in a while. I'm like, wait, wait, Uh, there it is. You're like, wait, wait, don't tell me I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, 
I really loved this whole moment uh, because I'm a dad and I was just like, this is so sweet. Look at you, my beautiful son, making your own way. I'm so proud of you. Um, it's really great and really wonderful and really hopeful. Um, there's not a whole lot left to talk about. Um, the bridge is done. Uh, I guess they kept everything. Now that, you know, the, the gangster who was trying to kill the bridge builder is gone, there's not a lot of, for the ninjas to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the bridge is done, and the, I, when we see the whole bridge, it's not very long. It's not. It's, very not. Bridge. it's so not a big bridge. The bridge seems to be like a couple hundred feet long. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I think people could have probably just swam. Like, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a bridge builder myself. I am not here to, to qualify how. No, I'm a bridge burner metaphorically. <laughs> um, but I'm not here to qualify like how much effort needs to go into building a bridge. But this was a very short bridge. Not a very impressive bridge. Like, Vashon Island is like a city on an island. And there are two ferries that go on and off it. And they bring enough, like, food and supplies and stuff to keep that whole island pretty well. Like, what if... And they also grow a lot of their own stuff out there. What if they just had two boats? Like, did they need a bridge? A couple really big like, boats. Fairies work, Vashon, man. Like, fairies are could, good. You could make a bridge to Vashon. Like, yeah. It's not, you know, it'd be perfectly possible, but there's not really any need to. Totally. I wonder if it was the threat of Gato um, being able to, like, embargo or something like that, mm. or sink ships that were coming close, um, or just, otherwise like, he, threatened. He could, have, he could have just taken over the bridge and, like, charged tolls, like a like a troll, you know, for billy goats. Mm-hmm. He did kind of it's look true. like a little troll. It's he, true. He did, He yeah. could have just, like, built a palace under the bridge. And, yeah. Yeah. Every time you crossed, you had to give him a goat to eat. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my goodness. Um, Hilariously, they named this very short, uh, small bridge uh, Naruto Great Bridge. Mm-hmm. Because why not? Why not? Yeah, it was like, oh, cool. They're actually literally going to name the bridge after Naruto. Uh, the bridge is kind of a metaphor for hope, I guess, but I was really bored by that. That was this was this The bridge was by far the least interesting part of this entire arc. Yeah, that was, I really think, them trying to carry through the whole thing where, like, hope is a dangerous word in this village. Mm-hmm. Like, this village has no hope and things like that. And this was yeah. them reinstating it. Like, you mm-hmm. don't have to hit us over the head with it. We, uh, sometimes we make fun of something on this podcast and then it turns out it's actually like kind of cool or neat in mm-hmm. retrospect and I feel bad that we made fun of it. I don't feel bad for all the times we made fun of this bridge. No. I'm cool with making fun of the bridge. Yeah, no. Mock, mock, yeah, mock this bridge. And then, <laughs> this bridge deserves nothing but your mockery. <laughs> this bridge deserves your scorn. Indeed. <laughs> when Dark Boy and Naruto are saying goodbye to each other, they make this identical like old man crying face mm-hmm. and I really love it. It's very sweet. It's very um, sweet. This is why we are wearing Best Dad Ever shirts, or, you know, yes. Kayla is in Paul and I will be soon. Yes. Uh, is because Naruto kind of becomes everybody's dad, sort of, in a weird way. Dad, older brother. Uh, Younger brother. Lover, partner, mentor, child, dad. Dad. There's a lot of just, there's a lot of dad stuff in this show. There's a Meredith Brooks song in there somewhere. <laughs> I don't have that in my in my repertoire, unfortunately. I can't start singing it. Um, it's no Barbie Girl. Uh, and then I thought the final moments of this arc were really interesting. It's the whole team walking back on the bridge, and Naruto is talking about making Iruka buy him ramen, um, and then he speaks the, the the name of the forbidden boy. Um, and then Sasuke, excuse me, Sakura asks Sasuke out on a date, and Sasuke says no. And then Naruto's like, "I'll go on a date with you, Sakura," and she throws it off the bridge. <laughs> um, and it's just like, oh, I guess nobody really grew up too much on this arc. Like, good for good for Sakura, just you know, just. Oh no, no no! Just just asking him out like that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not easy to do. Totally. It's interesting how reverting back to old and familiar and problematic uh, personality traits is supposed to be like a 
a, a touchstone that we can go back to to sort of remind us everything is okay. These mm-hmm. kids went through something really traumatic, but maybe you know they haven't they haven't changed too much. They haven't been traumatized by this. They're going to continue to go on and be the characters that you know and love. That's really interesting. Yeah, I remember when I watched it at the time, I felt kind of annoyed by it, but mm. in retrospect, I've like really softened on it. Yeah, like, that is kind of sweet. It's a little bit reassuring, I think, and and honestly, like. If it were a show for older people, then I don't think that beat would have really worked. Mm-hmm. But that works very well for a show for a younger audience. So did it. Yeah, we're still just kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's not only the end of the episode. That's that's the end of the arc. The whole arc. Our first real arc. Our first real arc. Yeah. From start to finish. It was 150 cubits. Indeed. We had two of every animal. Ride. It is now, on, according to legend, on Mount Ararat in northern Turkey. <laughs> Kayla's staring the balefully at us. Mountains. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're actually not going to jump ahead to the next episode, but instead, we're going to wrap up this arc. Hello, everybody. We're just jumping in, um, absolutely for the first time. Um, not the second or third time. Here. No, 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 we're single take. We totally, we're just we're just trucking um, on this totally normal non ASMR podcast. Um, just like to say, as always, thank you so much to Tony Whetstone for doing our art. You can check out his stuff on Twitter at MewBlood. That's M E W B L O O D. He does a lot of awesome stuff with cats, and he's a really rad person. So give him a follow. If you want to send us an email about whatever, uh, you have you know, comments or found a funny article or want to just chat with us, uh, it's a talk to the town at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email. We'd love it. Maybe. Unless it's a weird email. But, you know, never know if you must try. We'll probably love that, too. Mm-hmm. We love weird stuff, in case you haven't noticed. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps new people find us. And... Tell people about us. Yeah, we're fucking freaks. Like, we love weird stuff. We do. <laughs> As the last two takes of this interview. We love weird stuff, proven. and we love you. Mm. At least Elliot does. I do. He does. I love you so much. Except for you. You know who you are. Yeah. Trevor. <laughs> what was his name? John? Matt? Steve? Not Steve. Oh. Andrew. Who did we scream at? Lucas? God. Ugh. I don't know. Our, our, More generic. Our point. hatred is such a candle that just burnt out into a pool of wax. I yes. Um, that's another thing that you can email us actually if there's someone you would like us to playfully or even not playfully call out. We apparently call out people from time to time in our interstitial. Oh yeah, I'll fucking call out anybody. And that's all we've got for you. Go back to the show. And we're back. Um, this episode actually fell into kind of a weird place because uh, we're done with this arc and we tried watching the next episode and it felt kind of weird and um, discordant to jump right into it, um, especially because this arc was so fucking good and important and there's a lot of shit to talk about that we still kind of wanted to talk about. Um, so in lieu of going on to the next episode, we're actually just going to do kind of a kind of a wrap up. Uh, we also have a sort of a, a fun special surprise for the end of this episode, um, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, yeah. It's this, a puppy. It's a puppy. It's a puppy. Check. Don't, don't, don't look under the tree. Don't look under the tree. Uh, but I mean, I guess maybe do look under the tree and make sure, like, the air holes are there right. and that, you know. Well, if it's not, like, wrapped up in a box and it's, it's, you know, it has, like, maybe a bow on its head and it's sitting in a little bed. Oh, is that not how you give to a puppy? Yeah, that's how you give to a puppy. Yeah. Normally you the puppy's, like, in another room. You put a bow on its head right. and you bring it out at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't wrap up the puppy. Sure. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would, yeah. No. Obviously, yeah. Obviously. Just put a bow on its head and, like, a quiver on its back and yes. it's ready to go. <laughs> Um, I'm a dork. No, I liked um, it. So, I mean, oh, it's hard. There's, like, so much shit I want to talk about with this arc. But um, 
one thing I feel like I we could we could put a little bow on is Haku and Zabuza. Like you know it. It's really interesting. Haku would look good with a little bow. Haku would look phenomenal with a little bow. I think mm-hmm. Haku, didn't Haku have a big bow on his back? Yeah, but not like a bow on uh, his back. Yeah, I think that was just part of tying the obi, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, you meant a bow. Haku would look really good yeah. with a bow. Yeah. Right? Oh my god, the fucking, yeah, like, you sort of a, bow look? I yeah. like, like a big, like, uh, Sailor Venus type bow right, on the back yeah. of his hair. That'd be delightful. Yeah. I would love that. Oh, awesome. So, I had a really interesting thing when I watched this arc, and I, we've touched on this a little bit in previous episodes, where... What I remember for, about Haku and Zabuza from when I watched the show before is like, oh yeah, they're the gay characters. Like, yeah. and I mean, Naruto and Sasuke are gay, but it's not really, you know, it's like, it's lightly gay fabe, whereas like, Haku and Zabuza are full gay fabe. Like, they are, you know, in some kind of a relationship. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh yes, it's the two gay ninja. I'm so excited for their love. And then as I rewatch this, I'm like, oh, Haku is like a traumatized child picked up. Zabuza kind of openly treats Haku like a tool. There's a really significant age gap here. There's They're both so much kind to us. Power gap. Mm-hmm. Power yeah. gap. Yeah. Uh, Haku, like, clearly, like, cares for Zabuza. Is there, like, a fucked up, like, Stockholm Syndrome thing to unpack there? Do we see affection back towards Haku from Zabuza. Is it, uh, is it one directional until the last 30 seconds of Zabuza's life? Mm-hmm. I just thought it was... I think there's some stuff that's worth touching on. Like, what, what do we think about this relationship? Kayla? Oh my goodness. I know, we're Wait just to... looking at <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I know, call me out. <laughs> Way to just call me out. Okay, no, Paul, what do you think about this relationship? Uh, I, I, I may have mentioned this in the last episode and it may have gotten cut or I can't remember, but I, I sort of read it as... As, as I just think I just said like pretty one directional until the very end I mm-hmm. my impression of it and I mean this is not necessarily right was like Haku and again it's you know could be some weird like a Stockholm Syndrome thing like Haku is in love with Zabuza and Zabuza is back but doesn't know it or admit it to himself until Haku is dead mm-hmm. you know, like he can't so I don't really see it as a relationship exactly which is kind of sad in its own way mm-hmm. until until the end which may, might be just sort of dodging some of the more problematic parts of it mm-hmm. but that, that was sort of my impression rewatching it i don't know if you guys agree or, or listeners write in if you agree with that honestly write in and tell us what you thought about the relationship because mm-hmm. we would love to hear various opinions about this and insights um something that sort of to touch upon what paul was saying about it being one-sided I, I do. I did come to kind of agree with that, um, but I wonder a little bit about the sentiment about ninja being tools that was reiterated at the end, where ninja have to shut off their emotion. If that was something Zabuza was so good at and knew was the track of his life, being not just a ninja but like a demon of a ninja, that he knew that embracing those feelings for Haku and showing them back, maybe he believed that would only serve to weaken both of them, and he needed both of them to be strong. So that they could continue to survive, hmm. but that could be that could be like you know looking at it through rose tinted glasses as I am want to do, but it's something to consider. Well, and the idea of them you know being a queer love story that only really finds fulfillment in their own deaths like that's not unique as far as queer love stories go. Sure, like, no, not at all. That is the mainstream gay love story is you know they're like kind of in love and kind of not, and then they die, and you know it's. And their relationship is never explicitly stated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's more affection or, you know, like, a, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of like every gay movie I watched in the '90s, where like maybe they like fuck in a public bathroom or something, but then they won't look at each other or talk to each other until you know one of them passes away or whatever. But like, back Mountain, yeah, right. And then like, one of them inevitably, I mean, bury your gaze. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a show from fucking 2003 where the manga was written in like 2000. You know, like you know, this was long before you know the the, the Call Me by Your Names and whatnot, which is also still a really sad gay love story. But like. Yeah, I... More happy gay love stories. Totally. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. More happy queer like, romance, give it. Call Me By Your Name is, is sad in a more, like, everyday, mm-hmm. like, it's just like this, you know, they're, they're, it's not, it's not this, this grand tragedy, it's just more of, like, a regular mm-hmm. tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just your average run-of-the-mill yes. tragedy. <laughs> uh, totally. But, uh, yeah, like, you threw out, you know, the, the this is the bury your gaze trope, absolutely, you know? Like, you have some kind of recognition of them as gay characters, maybe, and then they're dead. And, you know, and they're dead and gone and out of the way. Um, and I think, I think there's, there's kind of, like, a, a technique there to, like, make it comfortable for straight audiences. It's like, as soon as it gets too gay, like, oh, they're, they're dead now. So now you're sad about them being dead, and you never have to, like, reconcile with your feelings about, you know, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um... I have a lot of friends who write gay romance, and the reason that they're, you know, like, I, uh, I know the romance genre gets a lot of crap, which is, I think, totally deserved. I think it's fantastic. I love reading romance. Um, Kayla's nodding. I think Kayla might have a little bit of familiarity with romance. I have very strong familiarity with romance. Uh, I used to edit romance once upon a time. But they love this genre because, and this is, I'm, I'm quoting uh, my friend Austin Chant, um, who is a... a pretty well-known queer romance author at this point. Um, one of the reasons that he is so drawn to romance is it is the only genre that gives queer people happy endings. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, and I definitely grew up as a queer person mm-hmm. where, like, these were the exciting gay characters I remembered are yeah. the two, you know, like, the, the, the homicidal sociopathic, possibly, like, child, you know, um, abducting, uh, you know, monster... And his, you know, demon, demon, demon. yeah, mm-hmm. but de- call, identifies as a demon, and his like sweet young boy who both die in the oh end. Goodness. I'm so happy to hear that about Austin because, I mean, given my familiarity with romance, the imprints that I worked on, especially, were very insistent about always having a happy ending. And something that I got very frustrated about while working in the industry is everyone deserves to see themselves in those happy endings. But the romance that I was working on was so white, size, head limited. It really mm-hmm. just fucking, <laughs> just kind of like. Everyone deserves to see themselves in a happy ending, except you, Trevor. Yeah. You me down in the end. I was just like exhausted by the end of it. I was just like, like I love these stories and I live for them, but everyone fucking deserves this story. Totally. Yeah. Except for Trevor. Except, except for, for Trevor. Trevor. Sorry, Trevs. Yeah, fuck you, Trevor. Moving on. <laughs> Please write us some queer romance. I think I we're here for it. Date with a Trevor. Maybe we're, maybe that's maybe that's. I used to work about. with a really wonderful Trevor. Yeah. I had a great D and D character named Trevor once. Huh. Really? Yeah. He was a really shitty wizard. No. He was like really good and talented, but like just could not be. Bothered. Okay, if my friend Trevor listens to this podcast, I'm very sorry that we're dumping on your name because you're an amazing coworker and a great dad. There's a lot of good Trevors. There's some great. And Trevors. then there's Trevor. And you then there's Trevor, different mm-hmm. Trevor, but he mm-hmm. knows who he is. Um, and, you know, like, one thing I want to make clear as we're going back through stuff is, like, 
ultimately we're doing a fun, dumb podcast about Naruto. And, you know, this is a silly show for kids from our childhood. And it's not that there isn't really valid, deep criticism to get into. Uh, but there's just a point where that would get really tired. Yes. Like, we want to we wanna make a show that's fun, that kind of celebrates the joy in something that we have gotten a lot of joy out of, and surprisingly, I think are continuing to get a lot of joy out of. Yeah, yeah. I actually have to stop myself from like going and binging on episodes, because I've started to crave them now. Totally. So when I, you know, if we can start off, we can talk about a lot of things in this arc, mm-hmm. but one thing I kind of wanted to ask is, so now that we've sort of finished the first real arc, I mean, other than like the two-episode training thing, which isn't really an arc, mm-hmm. what, what do you guys think about it in, if, like, relative to how you remember it from watching it the first time, you know, when, when we were 13, 14? Uh, I, I can start in, in that light. It was, I I think we talked about this in the the Passion of the Kaiza. Mm-hmm. It's like there was some stuff about it, like the more fucked up parts. I, I did not remember mm-hmm. the this guy like gets fucking crucified, uh, and it, it it was like heavier as on like a plot level than I remembered, and in, in mostly a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you guys? Oh, I would say same. It's interesting how when you come back to things as an adult, you're it's with so many different things. It's easier to sit down and like pick through and be like, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's extra fucked up. This belongs in a horror film. What is this doing here? I watched this when I was eight. Like, it's interesting what pops out to you as you, you know, get more experience. And maybe also, I mean, all of us have, you know, we're very bookish people. Mm-hmm. We know about analyzing story. And thinking about it in a critical way, we've gotten a lot more experience in doing that since we've come back. Have you heard of this hero's journey? Oh my goodness. Just don't talk to me about that. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) Sounds like somebody's refusing the quest, am I right? (laughs) Nice one. I fucking hate this. (laughs) Kind of. Like, I, I remember, you know, basically what I remembered from this arc was like, the cool ice powers and when Zombuzo mm-hmm. summons a fucking water dragon because mm-hmm. of course that's what 13 year old Paul latched on yeah, no, I didn't remember the guy getting murdered to like show the village a lesson I was there for all the fights and mm-hmm. I was there for like some of the angst and stuff but I did not even begin to understand or unpack a lot of the character development that happens I was just like oh yay this seems queer and awesome I'm enjoying it I'm happy this is here but like did I think about it critically? Absolutely not. Totally. I remember cool fights and I remember gays. Yes. I remember like exactly oh, cool the fights and gays. That's so awesome. Naruto. Cool fights and gays. And this is something I find myself encountering a lot as I uh, revisit media. As I identify a lot more with the adults because yeah, I'm definitely. an adult now. Yes. And I, I'm like really cognizant that this these are children in this like you know kind of dark and terrible world um and, you know like you said yeah the passion of the kaiser holy shit that was like really intense to watch you yeah know? i mean we screamed about those purple arms for a long time yes at least i did <laughs> i'm still screaming about those purple arms I mean, I watched, like, Kakashi, you know, try to become a mentor to these people this time. And, you know, I watched, like, this this young, like, boy who I definitely remember hating when I first watched this show. Yeah. I, like, saw him as, like, a boy robbed of his dad. Yeah. Like, that was really powerful for me yeah. to watch at this point in my life. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's, there's some stuff here. Yeah, I'd never seen, I'd never really thought of Kakashi as, like, even though he is a teacher... There were so many teacher-y things that I missed about him, and there were so many like paternal figure things that I missed about him too. Totally. 
Um, speaking of uh, Dark Boy, uh, one piece of feedback that we actually got uh, based off of our episode that I thought I would share is uh, from a friend of mine who is anonymous on Twitter, um, and I will let that remain that way. Um, so I listened to this week's Gay of the Ninja featuring Otaku the Town, and I wanted to Fair. share with you my thoughts on Naruto saving Darkness Boy. I was actually really surprised to hear your reactions to it. Not because your reaction is in any way wrong, but it was just the polar opposite of my experience with it. I keenly remember this scene, and I find it really uncomfortable. Darkness Boy is a small child, and he is attacked by two adult abusive men who had swords. Then, in a deus ex machina, he is not wounded, maimed, or killed. Naruto dispatches them, and it all works out. I worry about the message that sends out, because I believe in trying to overcome adversity and doing your best and believing in yourself, but I think there's an important difference between trying to overcome your limits and ignoring your limits in ways that endanger you. This is a theme that I've seen in at least a handful of anime. It happens in the first episode of One Piece, where, again, following your ideals in ways that are frankly suicidal is rewarded by a superhuman saving you. I also think all of this gets tangled in the idea of, quote, being a man and masculinity. That is, if memory serves, an uncomfortably large part of the Darkness Boy narrative. We also see a very similar lesson being taught when he first meets Ocean Dad. Um, excuse you, Hot Dad. Um, <laughs> Hot Dad criticizes Darkness Boy for not jumping in the water to save his puppy. But, like, Darkness Boy can't swim. It's apparent that he would have drowned if not saved. So there are two times in his story that the writers seem to be encouraging young boys to ignore their own welfare, that they should do more than their best, even when it will likely cost them their lives without any benefits to the world around them. It doesn't genuinely engage with the actual consequences of actions like these, and I feel like this is some bullshit toxic masculinity at work here. Uh, anyway, obviously I have strong feelings about this. I was glad to hear you all talk about these moments, uh, because it was interesting to see them from a different perspective. Uh, please make more Naruto podcasts so I can listen more. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, we will. Um, First off, thank you so much for writing in. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was, that was, was so much more effort writing in than I expected anybody would put in. So that's really more work that. than I put in this entire podcast. Absolutely. And this is exactly where we want to hear from our listeners is because of like valuable insights, things that we either missed or didn't react to the same way because all of those points are very valid and very good. Totally. You know, I think that's really interesting and it, it kind of touches back on there's a lot of stuff that's there's a man biking outside my apartment with a unicorn horn on oh my god he is there he goes oh my god go unicorn man go go the day is yours i can't see um it's okay just just imagine and believe he's gonna go into the bar down the street and just kick open the door and say carpe diem bitches indeed the day has been seized it is his um anyway uh there's a lot of shit in this show that if I were to put on my full, like, I have a liberal arts degree media analysis hat, uh, gets really dark and sad. You know, I mean, absolutely. I, I feel that way about, like, most media. You know, there's not a show you can't tear apart. There's not a show you can't tear to pieces. And that's not to say you shouldn't, and it's not totally valuable to do so. Um, but if we were to, you know, stop and... and thoroughly, uh, critically analyze every scene in the show, um, it would be a very different podcast. Every character, every line of dialogue. Mm -hmm. um, which is not to say that's not very real, but I think there's a lot of moments that we miss like this. And, and I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I think... I'm pretty sure we're in consensus that, like, yeah, that is the that is a very correct read on this situation. Yeah. Um, but we miss them because, you know, like, we we can't do the Naruto Minute podcast where we get to give everything its, like, due diligence and due time. Um, and that's why I really appreciate people writing in with stuff like this, you know, whether it's tweeting at me or... You, you do the diligence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you have a minute, mm -hmm. by all means, yeah. write us in, claim your minute. Totally. Well, and I do really like narratives of sacrifice. I don't, 
And which is really interesting, you know? Yes, like, I do I, too. We've actually discussed a little mm-hmm. bit about that on the show, uh, but I've never considered it quite quite to this extent before about the the harmful insinuations of sacrifice. Sure. I, I think it I mean that that to me is really poignant and real, this idea that like, you know, yeah, you you should not be in this situation. It's not fair. It is wrong that you are being treated this way. Yeah, and, and to, what is expected of <laughs> you. Especially if you're survive. a minor. Right. And adults are telling you to do this. That's mm-hmm. not healthy or good. Not just a minor, like a six-year-old. Yes. Totally. Not just like a 15 Ultra minor. A six-year-old, yeah. yeah. Uber minor. Child. Super there minor. is something really troubling about like that being kind of explicitly and magically rewarded. You know, like, it is absolutely a Dave Sex Machina. You know, like yeah. he is, he cannot do this thing that he is attempting to do. And he is only saved by, you know, oh, well, Naruto turned around because he saw a dead pig. Like, <laughs> um... But it's hard to reconcile, you know, those that that very real read on the situation with also like, oh man, that's a really cool story. Um, and so, yeah, no, uh, thank you. I think thank you for sharing that because that was a, a really good and cool point. Um, and I think that's why it's nice to be able to wrap up shit like this, is so yeah. we can get back to some of the stuff that perhaps we glazed over. Yes. So I also had the pleasure of hearing from a friend uh, in regards to the podcast, which just tickled me pink i am so glad that people are listening to this um because honestly it i mean you're doing this voluntarily you're either amazing Hopefully. or Again, uh, i think i've said something like this before <laughs> yeah or you're maybe imprisoned and uh please call call for help stories. call call the police we um, have a lot of time you can write in you know and talk about how you're not listening voluntarily yes but his his very Happy. good point uh he's also a podcaster about uh very nerdy things as we are and he was, I think this was more of a compliment than anything else. He's like, don't take this the wrong way, but you guys get really, really nerdy on the show. Like you talk about like the different kinds of ninjutsu and things that there are. And like, it's just like peak nerd. And it sort of made me realize if we're ever talking about something that you guys are like, what the hell? Like, I need a glossary, please write into us and just ask us these questions. We're happy to address them. Uh, we're not very good at reading the situation, realizing where we are in our nerdiness. We're just going along like you understand what's happening. If that's not the case, please just let us know. Yeah, part of the reason this is a good, I hope, podcast is that we know each other and we're kind of on the same level about a lot of shit. So yeah, call us out. Like, I don't know, like, I feel like I throw out stuff like Kagebunshin all the time. Yeah, if you're like, what the fuck is Genjutsu? Mm -hmm. We'd be happy to tell you. What's a shounen anime? Maybe we'll add a glossary tab to our homepage or something at some point, but for now, just let us know. Like, inter podcasts, like little mini podcasts, five minute episodes. Uh, Mini sode of glossary terms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds boring. But what I think we could make it more information. Is it discrete <laughs> five minute audio chunks? <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect little lookup. Well, like, that's how ancient Irish monks did mm-hmm. it. Oh, maybe when fucking Squarespace sponsors us and I get a free website out of them, I'll throw it up on there. We're going to start doing those recordings on those like wax spools that people <laughs> used to listen to. <laughs> For the sake of efficiency. I, we, I will provide you Gramophone. the definition of any term, but only as a tattoo on your body. So, yeah, I think that's actually going to do it for our wrap-up. Um, it was a little shorter than we thought, but also we didn't really take notes to prepare for it. Um, we actually really appreciated, though, people giving us feedback. Uh, so, as you know, as Kayla just said, like... If you have stuff you want us to address or talk about more, if you disagree with us... If you, ha- if you have arc thoughts or mm-hmm. questions or anything about this... If you have a character that you stand and you just want to, like, 
write a long essay about why they're your fave to us. Or least fave. Yeah. I'm here for it. Totally. Right in. Because um, we'd love to put that on the show, obviously. As yes. we put, like, fucking anything that anyone has ever mentioned to us on the show. Because uh, we're desperate. Um, so, yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. Um Please stick around after the end of the episode. Uh, in lieu, or perhaps in addition to, I haven't edited the episode yet, our regular blooper, um, we have a real treat for you. So don't don't miss it. Um, but uh, until then, um, I'm Elliot. I'm Kayla. I'm Paul. And as always, if you literally believe that you are a demon and that the only person who loves you is a tool, just hit me up because I know a really good therapist. Thanks, Elliot. <laughs>Yes, and welcome to Naruto Theatre. Today, presenting The Fox and the... What's the other thing? The Bear. Presenting The Fox and the Bear by Brandon Drake. Kayla, take it away. Naruto and Elliot gazed longingly at each other. Wait, Kayla demanded. I specifically asked not to be a part of this. Same, quoth Paul. Neither of them were ready for this gay of the ninja. Well, said Elliot, Naruto's face perfectly reflected in his eyes. Then you better leave. Without hesitating, Kayla and Paul lowered their torsos so that they were... <laughs> I have not experienced this yet. This is a, this is a new one <laughs> You got this. Oh my god. Okay. I just... <laughs> Drink that liquid courage. I can do this. <clears throat> Welcome back from intermission. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Without hesitating, Kayla and Paul lowered their torsos so that they were parallel to the ground, extended their arms straight out behind them, and ran out the door. Now, where were we? Cooed Elliot as Naruto leaned in to kiss him. The sexual tension was visible to the naked eye. Naruto took off his shirt, or his jacket, or whatever it is. There was nothing underneath except well-oiled skin. (laughs) Elliot was trembling, not out of fear, but out of excitement. He placed a hand on Naruto's well-defined abs. Oh my, gasped Elliot as he ran his fingers across Naruto's muscles. How did you get so jacked? (laughs) Training, shouted Naruto before planting a tender kiss on Elliot's large forehead. Things were getting really hot, and Elliot couldn't wait to show Naruto his own sexy nojutsu. That's when Naruto stripped even more. He took off his skin. (laughs) Casting his human flesh to the side, Naruto revealed what had been underneath all along. Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, yelled Elliot, this isn't happening. Believe it, shouted Winnie the Pooh. Elliot was hesitant at first, but the two talked for hours, despite Elliot being a poo tsundere. No one knew Elliot's pain like Winnie the Pooh. The pair shared a deep connection, as well as some ramen, and then totally did it. The end. Yes, now, thank you for presenting this play to us. Now, this play, of course, was most famous for scandalizing Viennese high society in the 1870s. And that will do it for this episode of Naruto Theatre.
Come with us next time. And goodbye. Every cell in my body is dead. <laughs> what if we do the whole interstitial as an ASMR track? Please, hey, hey everybody, we're just uh, jumping in real quick with a few little messages for you. Email us at otakuthetown at gmail.com. You can email us whatever you like. If you want to write some fan fiction about us, we probably, probably read it. Oh, oh, I'm just, look, looks like your bangs are getting a little long here, so. Just, I'm just gonna trim them on down. Snip, 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 snip. Oh, oh, your hair feels so soft and silky. Snip, snip. And uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. All I'm doing is just like breathing. <laughs> Maybe that's somebody's ASMR trigger. Are you tingling yet? <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.